This is the Bend, Oregon Real Estate Podcast, breaking down the latest news, trends, tips, and information to your Bend and Central Oregon real estate market. Welcome in, everyone, to the Bend, Oregon Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Rob Eggers, principal broker here at Duke Warner Realty, 20 years experience selling real estate here in Bend. And I am with my business partner today, Katrina Swisher, also 20 years experience selling real estate here in Bend. And today we are asking um, and looking at a question of the accuracy of the Zillow Zestimates. So the Zillow Estimates are obviously a tool that most people utilize and look at pretty regularly. Um, People are curious all the time what their home values are. And as realtors, we run into this a lot um, because that's, I think, by and large, kind of how people judge the value of their home. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the Zillow estimates, give our opinion on them, and and also kind of contrast how we go about pricing a home. So first of all, um, Katrina, I'm going to turn it over to you because you did some research here online and just looked at how Zillow kind of comes up with their numbers. And I'm very impressed because you're going to actually in detail explain the algorithm. Is that right? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) I'll give it a shot. Good luck with that. Uh, Yeah. So what is his estimate? How does Zillow come up with your home's value? Um, That's the big question. Um, One of the first things that they use it would be the home characteristics, including the square footage, location, number of bedrooms, bathrooms, you know, the typical general information. Well, what I'm, and I'm glad to see that because obviously you have to use similar size, location, number of bathrooms, bedrooms, all of that. So exactly. that's good. Yes. So that's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the basics. Right. Um, then they use the on-market data, not sold data, but on current on-market data, such so as like listing active, prices, active, active comparables, um, listing price, descriptions, comparable homes in the area, and how long they've been on the market. Okay. Um, do you want to dive into that one or go through all of them and then come back a little bit on that? Yeah, well, I think we could name the, the things and we'll, we'll circle back around okay. and discuss those. So the, um, next, the next point that they use for figuring out data. Next point is off-market data. Tax assessments, prior sales, and other public records. Okay. And then um, lastly, market trends, including, including seasonal changes, um, which obviously we have a lot of that around here. Yeah, for sure. So that's a pretty good... Um, list of things that they use, but maybe we could, we'll dive into mm-hmm. each one a little bit. So home characteristics, including square footage, location, number of, of bathrooms. Obviously, that's very important. Um, you know, we always say you can't compare, compare a 2,500 square foot home with a 3,500 square foot home. So hopefully they're looking at similar sized mm-hmm. properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's just one of the factors in in that whole group um, would be the square footage. But as you look at location too, you know, that can vary so much even on the same street, Yes, you know, from what one house is like to what another one is like. That's a good point. Um, Give an example of that because you mentioned one earlier 
on the on like say a, a busy street. Right, or, you're right. You could have you know a home on uh, one is on the busy side of the road, backs up to a busy street, and the other home does not. I mean, there's a huge difference in your pricing. Right, it could be a neighboring home mm-hmm. right down the street, but if the comparable that Zillow is using backs to Mount Washington, right. That's going to make a massive difference. Right. Yeah. And Zillow doesn't necessarily consider that. It doesn't consider that. Or, or whether it's mountain views or river. Yeah. One side of the street has the river. The other side of the street does not. Absolutely. The home next door could have a killer view of you know Mount Jefferson. Mm-hmm. But your home doesn't. Mm-hmm. And the one that just sold is really expensive. And it's Zillow's using that. Right. Right. Yeah. So just because it's in a similar location does not mean it's going to be all the same. Right. Also, um, square footage, I think, mm-hmm. can be an issue because like, I've got a listing that I'm looking at right now. Uh, the Deschutes County um, Assessor's Office has it listed at 1,900 square mm-hmm. feet, but the home in actuality is 2,100 square feet. Mm-hmm. So Billow is comparing 1,900 square foot homes, for the, in this case, when the home is actually 2,100 square feet. So right. it doesn't know that there's a discrepancy there. Right. And, it do, and, and in that case, it's not counting the bonus room. Um, so right. it's not even listing the bonus room as any value in the county records. And a bonus room, as we know, is very valuable. Very much. That, that can make a difference in a sale to a buyer if it has that extra flex space or not. Right. Right. Exactly. So... I love that Zillow is looking at those things, but this is a robot that we're talking about. This is not a human that's looking at it going, okay, this home has views. This one does not. This one backs against a busy street. This one does not. This home smells like cat pee. I mean, this one does not. I mean, (laughs) Zillow can't tell. Zillow doesn't have a good sniffer. Yes. Right? They can't look at all those variables, which are huge when it comes to value. The other thing that Zillow um, doesn't do, which ties into square footage that we didn't even talk about is actually floor plan. Floor plan. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could have two homes that are 2,500 square feet. Mm -hmm. One's got a great room floor plan, um, master and spare bedroom separation. Everything's clean. The other one you go into, it's like a corn maze. Right. And you can't even find where the back door is Mm -hmm. because it's so confusing. Well, that's going to greatly affect the value. Or say it's reverse living. Yeah. Versus, you know, a standard. Right, exactly. So it looks at those variables, that's great, but it doesn't dive into them at all. Or and the amenities in the home. If if your home, same neighborhood, same age, they're both built in the year 2000. One home is completely updated currently, you know, all the new styles and trends, and the other home is completely original. Yeah. It does not know that. Huge difference in the pricing. Huge difference. I mean, you could have just done a $300,000 remodel, mm-hmm. but it looks at your square footage. Right. That's right. it. I mean, there's just, there's a, a, a lot of factors that it's not comparing. Yard space could be the same sized lot. One's on a hillside. One is not. Yeah. You know, one is landscaped beautifully with, you know, pergola and paper patios and fire pit, and one is dead. Yeah, Exactly. Okay, cool. Well, I think we've uh, definitely dove into how critical some of those differences can be mm-hmm. on that one. So let's look at the next one, which is on-market data, such as listing price, description, comparable homes in the area, and days on the market. 
Right. So, I mean, this last year is a perfect example of how much that can really change and and impact the accuracy of your pricing because we've had so much change in our in our list pricing. So homes that are on the market that haven't sold yet that may still be inaccurately priced mm-hmm. because they're trying to, you know, navigate the you know, the way the market is right now. So you have overpriced listings. Yeah. And your neighbor's house is, you know, listed $200,000 more than it should be. Yep. And then that's bumping up your estimate value because mm-hmm. it's still always thinking, oh, this home is worth X. Yes. Yeah. So if your neighbor's way off, it's going to mean that you're probably mm-hmm. off too. Okay. Yeah. I think on market, I mean, it's, it's good to know what you're competing with. But that's something that, that we look at in, in a more detailed way than Zillow is just looking at it to use as a price comparison. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, we'll talk about this in a minute, but the active properties are more just to know like what your competition mm-hmm. is, not necessarily how to price. Right. But it's like, okay, we need to beat these other homes. What mm-hmm. are they priced at so we can beat them? Right. But this is not necessarily how we judge the pricing it can be sometimes um, in a low market in a low inventory environment because if you know if you're if they're your comps from six months ago are coming in at six fifty but there's nothing on the market under seven every, all your competition is mm-hmm. seven twenty five maybe you can go in maybe just because of that you could bump your price up a right, little bit right yeah so we definitely look at that as something to take into consideration yeah. But um, we we would know if the neighbor's home is grossly overpriced and right. that's impacting, you know, what the estimate is showing. Exactly. Okay, so the next one is off-market data, tax assessments, prior sales, and other publicly available records. Yeah, so you kind of touched on that with the one that we're looking at with the, um, with the tax assessment you mean with the right with the county records yeah. being incorrect mm-hmm. so um well and then the tax assessments yeah so for years well really as long as i've been doing this we never look at tax assessed value to figure out Mm-mm. real market value Mm-mm. um it's always for the most part say with the exception of kind of like the recession where everything crashed the tax assessed value is always quite a bit lower. Mm-hmm. So we don't even really look at that. Right. And if Zillow is pulling that, that's, that's odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that works in other places of the country. Right. It doesn't work here. But those tax assessments are done differently county to county. So yeah. I don't know how they are you know, using that. Mm-hmm. Does say prior sales and other publicly available records. So obviously prior sales good, but we talked about those difference between those sales. Well, you could have a a sale six months ago and then they bought it. The house was in horrible condition, had cat pee, Mm -hmm. you know, it was trashed. My favorite. And someone bought it. They went in, completely remodeled it, and now it's back on the market. Yeah. Well, that past sale is is really going to have a negative impact on where it would be priced today with a remodel. Yeah. Zillow doesn't doesn't look at those things. They just, it, but we do when we're looking mm-hmm. at all that. So, 
Okay, and then last one, this is a this is a kind of a weird one for me. Market trends including seasonal changes in demand. So, how does Zillow know that? Exactly, that's the question. <laughs> I mean, does Zillow know our our seasons, our winter and our spring and and when we, as we know, our spring is typically our busiest time. Does Zillow know that? Yeah. Does it know that we just got six inches of snow or in the years of snowmageddon and that's really impacting, you know, if someone needed to list in the middle of that, that's definitely going to have an impact. Mm-hmm. There's no way Zillow can know that. I'm, I would imagine that's based on a national trend. Yeah. But that varies so much here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really does. I mean... um, our our market, I've always kind of referred to Bend as kind of a light switch market. It can change mm-hmm. so fast. Mm-hmm. It's like we're hopping along and all of a sudden it's like things get quiet or vice versa. All of a sudden the phones start ringing. There's, I mean, no way that Zillow's knowing that. Right. They don't really know the, the market as far as what's happening right now mm-hmm. and, and all that. That's that's kind of an, uh, an odd one that they have that in there. I mean, again, we're just getting this off of their off of their website, how they – calculate right right yeah so i think it's just very unpredictable to sum it up it is very unpredictable i mean we've had years where like last fall interest rates are at seven very 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 slow other years in 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 the past it could be really good Mm -hmm. all the way up to thanksgiving Mm -hmm. so it just don't really know exactly right to year and Mm -hmm. kind of take it as what's the market doing right now Mm -hmm. exactly i mean that's where our experience comes into play and and taking into consideration our current market conditions as of today yep you know i mean that it's different than it was two weeks ago it's different than it will be two weeks from now what is happening now it's it's hugely important i mean even in the last couple months, we've seen some variation of just with inter- interest rate fluctuations. Right. Beginning of the year, we had interest rates at 6.1. Now they're high sixes. So that, even those little fluctuations mm-hmm. make a mm-hmm. difference month to month with mm-hmm. interest rates bouncing as big as those bounces are right now. Right. Right. So that is kind of how Zillow says that they do it. Um and there's one thing that really was kind of shocking to see is that we found on the website, it says statistics for Zestimates for on-market homes is within 20% of the actual selling price more than 99% of the time. Now that to me is kind of like, that's your get out of jail <laughs> free card right there. It's like, I'm within 20%, 99% of the time. It's like, well, you better be. Right. I mean, that's that's shocking. We do not have that kind of uh, margin of error. <laughs> that's huge. There's just, you know, even 5% is, is you know. It makes a big difference. Right. So they're basically saying that for a million-dollar home, we're going to be within $200,000 of accuracy. And that's the that's difference crazy. of getting your home sold or not. Oh, that's a difference you know, of nine months on the market, very frustrated seller. Versus, mm-hmm. okay, accurate list mm-hmm. price. Now we got our home sold. Yeah. That's a huge difference. You really have one shot, you know, to, to come on the market and do it right the first time. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to be chasing your tail and trying to make up for that the entire time you're listed. You're going to have longer days on the market, 
more challenges getting to the correct price, um, likely uh, uh, not as strong of an offer because the buyers are going to see your changes in your price and and think that they have more room to negotiate versus if you just come out of the gate with the right pricing. It's it's number one. Yeah, it's absolutely. number one important thing to do. Mm-hmm. All right, so you can really see there that that 20% margin is huge. Mm-hmm. And um, we have some examples that we've pulled up on Zillow that just kind of show what a, what a huge margin there is. So this is a home that I kind of recently did a market analysis on. And for those that are, that are not watching on YouTube, I'll just kind of explain the numbers. But um, I did the market analysis on it. And of course, I pulled up the Zillow estimates and see what the, the online you know, estimates were. Um, Zillow had the home listed at one point. Nine eight, so a million nine ninety ninety eight thousand dollars. So basically one point one. Um, Realtor dot com has it at a million three fifty four. So a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar difference, just in those two valuations right there. Yeah, that's a huge gap. Huge. Um, another house I just recently did a market analysis on. Now, my market analysis, after seeing the home, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. They've done so many upgrades, and she's like basically an interior designer, so the home looks professionally staged. Take all of that into mm-hmm. consideration. Zillow can't do that. Right. So, so Zillow, for this particular house, came in at 571. My, my CMA came in at, I think they could list it at 649. Mm-hmm. So that's seventy. That's almost a seventy thousand dollar difference. Eighty thousand dollar difference. Right. Right. One two. Eighty thousand dollar difference. That's huge. So the others estimate that was on Realtor, no Redfin on this one, six hundred thousand. So still fifty thousand dollars less than what my estimate was. Mm-hmm. So it just shows that these online things can have huge variation mm-hmm. and be be way off compared to what our numbers are. Right, right. All right, so before we go any further, I'm going to mention our sponsor of our show today, which is Duke Warner Realty, and they are premier real estate firm here in Bend that was established in 1967 by Duke and Kitty Warner and is still family-owned and operated to this very day. Duke Warner Realty has served thousands and thousands of customers throughout Central Oregon over the last 55 years And the brokerage not only features Ben's best real estate agents, but also the most experienced with the average agent at Duke Warner having 15 years of real estate experience. So if you want your next real estate transaction done right with honesty and integrity, integrity, give Duke Warner Realty a call today at 541-382-8262 or visit them online at dukewarner.com. All right, so for the last segment here, we're going to talk about how we go ahead and pricing price a home out, um, which is, you know, we look at a lot of the similar variables at Zillow, but we actually have eyes, ears, and a nose to determine if those things are, are accurate mm-hmm. and whatnot versus just a, being a computer algorithm. So one of the first things we do, of course, is the comparative market analysis. And then boiling that down is comparing the active listings. And we want to look at the active listings so we can beat the competition we look at the sold listings, ideally within the last six months, and then we really want to compare 
apples to apples only. So um, let's dive into those three things really quick. Comparing active listings so you can beat the competition. How do you look at, say, active listings when you're doing a CMA? You know, I think I look up to um, a price point that we're going to be in to see what are the buyers looking at up to that price point. If we're going to list at six twenty-five, dollars um, I'm going to look up to six fifty probably just to see, and maybe between like five or six hundred to six fifty, dollars just to see what, what other homes the buyer's looking at. So that's kind of the first thing I'm going to look at. Then I'm, I'm going to break it down from there. Is, is that a three-bedroom with any extra space or is it just a three-bedroom? You know, my listing has a, an office, you know, so I'm going to take that into consideration. I'm just going to kind of break down each active mm-hmm. listing out there in that price point that's nearby in the similar location, not necessarily the same neighborhood, but again, kind of looking at it from a buyer's perspective and what else they are have to choose from. Yeah. And does mine stand out? Is mine going to be better? Yeah, I think that's good. Um I look at the active listings similarly and also just to just kind of know what your competition is. Like if you're doing a radius, say, for example, around a home, um, you know, are there 10 other homes for mm-hmm. sale or none? Right. You know, that's going to make a big difference yeah. too. Like can you, can you get more aggressive maybe right. with right. your pricing because there's nothing else for sale mm-hmm. around it? Yeah, for sure. Um. So I really look at the active listings, not so much for how to price the home, but like, do we have competition? And then if we do have competition, are we beating that competition? Mm -hmm. Like if you have a home that you feel, you're looking at it going, wow, this thing is probably nicer than the home that I'm comping out. Mm -hmm. And it's $25,000 less than, than what the seller wants to sell their home for. You're probably going to have a problem. Right. That that other home's going to going to beat you out. So that's how I look at the active listing. So the next thing is, of course, um, comparing the sold listings, ideally within the last six months, similar to how an appraiser mm-hmm. would do it. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are some of those things that you look at with sold? Listings. Well, you, you really need to tighten up your square footage. Like you said, apples to apples. We're not comparing a 2,500 square foot home to a 3,500 square foot home. They're just, they're priced differently. They, obviously, there's so many difference in, in that square footage difference. So that's really, we really want to get close on the square footage. And we want to get close on the bedrooms, bathrooms, and then the amenities. You know, we're looking at the pictures and knowing what that other those other comparable solds are you know do they have extras or have they been remodeled do they offer you know any extras or are they on the busy side of the road right you know the, all those things and we're diving into that in detail to really compare to to pull those best comparisons the closest comparisons yeah yeah for sure um so looking at those souls, like she said, you know, six months is really ideal, kind of like a, an appraiser um, and apples to apples, which is the next thing. But it's, it's so important. Um, you really have to look at all the variables that that, ho- that home has and make sure you're comparing it straight across. Because so many people say, well, my neighbor sold for, you know, 800000 Their home could literally be worth six fifty if it's half the size. 
but the neighbor down the street, if they've got 3,000 square foot and you've got 2,000, it's, you, can't, you can't do that. Ideally, I like to have the listings within a, be great within 100 square feet. If it's a really huge home, say 3,500 square feet, maybe you have a variation of like up to three or 400 mm-hmm. square feet because square footage, each little square foot isn't as critical at that right. point. But a smaller home, like 1,500 to 2,500 square feet, I like to get within 100 mm-hmm. square feet. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and I think, you know, really you can't just, I mean, there could be a house down the street that's brand new construction, top of the line, custom home, solid hardwood floors, and your home is is more basic finishes. Right. Huge difference there. You Huge know, um, where it's a lot easier as we dive into neighborhoods that are very similar and the homes are all very similar and they're finished um, with the same type of finishes. But there can be just such huge variations and and Zillow doesn't know that we have to dive in and we do. We take the time to dive in. Yeah. The first step we take when doing a market analysis is seeing the home. I always tell people, okay, well, you want me to give you a pricing analysis? That's fine. The first thing I need to do is come over, see the home, get a quick tour. It literally takes 15, 20 minutes because I want to see what that floor plan looks like. I want to see what the amenities are. I want to see if it smells like cat yeah, pee. You need to smell it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to. You got to see what you're looking the out curb of the, appeal. the kitchen window. Curb appeal is huge. Um, got to see what the driveway looks mm-hmm. like. You got to see what the backyard looks like. Got to see what the neighbor looks like. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, your neighbor can have a big impact. Right. You know, if you're down in Deschutes River Woods, there's a lot of beautiful properties down there. But then there's some with, you know, wash machines and cars parked out mm-hmm. there. And if that's right next door, that's going to influence a buyer. So yeah, all those things are going to influence your pricing. And the floor plan, like we mentioned. Yeah, floor plan is huge. So the first thing we do is get into the home and look at it. And if not, I call that a blind CMA. I tell the seller, this is a blind CMA. It's, it's, prob- it's like a, almost like a Zillow estimate at that point. I may as well be a robot because I'm only, I'm only going to get you within 20% accuracy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, because you just don't know without if, seeing it. If there's damage, you know, dog scratches on the floors or your house needs to be painted or, you know, it's just rough, wear and tear. Right. We can't see that by just pulling up the data. And that's what Zillow's doing. And, and that makes a huge difference. So we need yeah. to get in there. You know, and that can definitely change it. Yeah, probably by 20% in some cases. It really can. Um, It's just so critical. I can't stress it enough because too many people compare their homes with homes that are not like theirs. They just, they they think, oh, it's in the neighborhood or it's down the street. So that means Mm -hmm. it's a good comp for me. No. No, it has a three-car garage. You do not. Yes. I mean, the list goes on. The list goes on. It really does. And I would rather take a very, very close apples to apples home that's maybe in a different neighborhood mm-hmm. versus one that's way off that's right down the street. Right. Yeah, you got to just look at the similar features that that particular home has. Um, and then, of course, the other thing that we, we do when pricing a home is knowing the market firsthand. Um, that's a huge one, and that goes along with the next bullet point we have, which is mm-hmm. our 20 years of experience. Right. So there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, you can come up with a number on paper, but if you don't know what's happening in our market, you, you might not know how to adjust mm-hmm. 
for that number. Exactly. I mean, last fall is a perfect example of that. You know, uh, what the comps would show on paper. Mm. And obviously those comps are already sold. So yep. they've sold in the previous market conditions, which, like you said, can change. You know, it's a light switch. Mm-hmm. And that light switch went off last fall. Yeah, it did. And so my comps on paper could say, your house is valued at this. Mm-hmm. Today's market, it's not going to happen. Right. Just because of buyer demand. The buyer activity went to a complete halt. And at that point, I, you know, I'm going to have to price your home more competitively, more attractively to, to get any buyer that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, the, the experience goes a long ways um, in just knowing the market and being full time. I, I hate to knock somebody who's doing this on the side, but it's tough if you have another job and then you sell a piece of real estate every now and again because you really don't know the market as well as the people that are doing it full time. So they might say, "Say, yeah, in the fall last year, look at it, look at look what the comps are. They're huge. You could price it at X because they're not in the market. They don't know that that light switch has been flicked, right? Necessarily, right. right? And and we know on our experience, being not only doing this for for twenty years each, but but in one place in Bend. Mm-hmm. We oftentimes we have a number in our head based on location and neighborhood that we kind of can start with and base it off of because our experience tells us that, you know, yeah. I know that neighborhood. I, yeah. I know what range that's going to be in. I know what the buyers are looking at in that 1.5 range. And I know what to expect the home to be at that price point. Right. You know, so all those factors come into play. And then we we work on it even together, not only you and I together, but with our other agents in our office. Yeah, we'll pick everybody's brain. To really get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these, these are complicated problems to solve. Mm-hmm. How much is my home worth? It's, it's one of the most difficult questions we get as a realtor. And... Um, the, the variables that come into play are huge and you have to just, you know, really know how to examine them all and figure it out. It does not do us any favors and certainly not our client, our seller, um, to price incorrectly, to overprice, to come in high. We don't want to do that. We're yeah. going to end up with a listing we can't sell. And now we're going to have a seller who is frustrated. And so there's no gain in that for us to, to want to price the home higher than it's actually worth and going to sell for. Right. You know, so we really, it's really important to, to take that time to dial it in very specifically. And, and not everyone does that. And we know that. We know people will, will come in high for various reasons. Yeah. And um, no, thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that it's listing not, because I can't sell it. It's not worth it. No. You know, we, <clears throat> we call that in our industry, we call that buying the listing where an agent will come in and be like, well, the comps are at a million, but I'm going to say it's worth a million three. Mm-hmm. The seller's like, oh, wow, awesome. I'll go with them. And then they hammer them for the next six months for price reductions. Right. And they're under contract with that agent. They're not going to switch midstream. Mm-hmm. That's just hard mm-hmm. to do. You're kind of locked in at that point. But we do not operate that way. We mm-hmm. would rather tell someone the upfront truth about what we feel the value of the home is. And then if you want to try higher, let us know. We can have that discussion. Mm-hmm. 
but we're going to at least going to tell you honestly up front, here's what we really think it's going to sell at. Right. So, um, so last thing with this is, you know, I think with the, with the Zestimates, <clears throat> with Zillow, you can, I think it a good idea if you live in a homogenous neighborhood, mm-hmm. like the Polish neighborhoods, I'll use as an example. Right. If you live in a polished neighborhood, I bet your Zestimate's going to be pretty darn mm-hmm. accurate. Yes, there's going to be variations within that neighborhood, but we're talking about same builder. They're all in the same lot size. They're generally all built at the same time, mm-hmm. and they're generally built with all the same materials. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. Exactly. you got the same HOA, the same amenities, apples to apples. Mm-hmm. That's what we love. Mm-hmm. Um, where Zillow does not do a good job is if you have a unique home, like say on the West Hills mm-hmm. or some place where you've got, I don't know, really kind of almost anywhere. That's not a track that's neighborhood. not a track neighborhood. You, it's going to be unique. Mm-hmm. So if you can find the ide- identical home that sold three months ago, that's your best comp. But that's very unlikely with most homes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, most of the time, they're all different. And there is no cookie cutter example unless you live in that, like a tract neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think we we still take into consideration what Zillow has to say. It's it's an important you know piece to to know. Um, it carries a lot of weight for buyers and sellers. There's a lot of influence there for them. If if a buyer's looking and Zillow has a number and and our listing is is a lot different than that that is going to you know play into it so so we do look at it yeah but as just one of our factors i mean it doesn't really influence where we're pricing things it's just something that we do need to be aware of well i actually look at it more just to know where the seller's head's at i mean that's one of the first things i'll do is like okay i'm going to look at the all the market numbers or the estimate numbers i'll call them all the estimate numbers because that's really what the seller's been looking at and I know what I'm up against. And it's hard sometimes because we have to dispel those online valuations a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm sorry that Zillow thinks your home is here, but it's actually down here mm-hmm. and here's why. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard for some sellers to get and understand. Yeah, for sure. For so. sure. At the end of the day, we are live people (laughs) (laughs) who have been in your home, who are experienced in the market. And um, I think that really, you know, something to consider versus just a computer algorithm. Yeah, been doing it a lot longer than Zillow has. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope that was a good discussion for you guys to kind of hear more about just the differences between how realtors come up with their values versus his estimate and just all that goes into it. Um, there's a lot of different variables. And of course, Katrina and I are here for you guys. So if you want a free, no obligation consultation to how much your home is worth, just give us a call here at Dirk Warner Realty and we'd be happy to come and do that for you. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're on YouTube checking it out, please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Uh, leave a comment. We'd love to know what you're thinking about it. And if you're listening on a podcast app, be sure to follow the show and click that notification bell so you can be notified each time we drop a new episode. So thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Take care.